Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. Good morning, everyone. So, so those who doesn't know me, my name is Pari Lenin, and as Jackie mentioned, I was one of the service leads here. So today's message, I want to share about what God is looking for in our lives. So today I have um, titled the message as God is looking for a godly offspring. So the reason that I was trying to share this message is because I thought in life we need to have an end-to-end perspective because it helps us to stay put in what we are all about as a Christian. So for example, we face a lot of struggles in this life and we go off track. For, for example, when I'm in the railway station, I'll, sometimes I forget whether I'm going this direction or that d- direction. And I look at the signboard, okay, this is going, th- let's say, so I should stand here. Something like that. You be, so the message I wanted to share is because this overview of knowing what God does from the start to the end will help us to guide ourselves in different times of our life. So I want to touch upon a couple of scriptures from Old Testament to the New Testament. So stay with me. So the verse that I got here is from Malachi chapter 215. It says, has not the one God made you? You belong to him in body and spirit. And what does the one God seek? Godly offspring. So I like this verse. This is the last book of the Old Testament. And when you read what happened to Israelites when they came out of Egypt, they got, they don't know what they are heading up to. So at one point they said, oh, we got a lot of good stuff back in Egypt. We got garlic and whatever food that we wanted to eat, it was there. And you brought us into this desert. You are talking about a promised land which we don't know. Where is it? Which direction to go? And we want to head back to Egypt. So they didn't have an end-to-end perspective. So their hearts were turning back to Egypt. So I see, that, I see the importance of knowing this end-to-end perspective which, because it will help us to stay put in different aspects of life. And actually it will give us uh, faith as well as some solutions and some directions to keep our patience and calm to keep doing what we are doing. So that's the substance of today's message. So what, do you, what we understand by a godly offspring? Godly offspring is, I'm not going to go deeply into what godly offspring is all about, but understanding what God is looking for in our life and then take some actions based on that. This is the direction, this is the last signpost that we are heading to for each of us. This is the last signpost. Okay, I need to be a godly offspring. That's the direction. So this verse, I feel like this is, he's, uh, Malachi is one of the minor prophets. He's saying, I feel like he's reading it like this. Oh, please understand. Like end of Old Testament. Oh, please understand. God is looking for a godly offspring. Nothing else. This is what he's looking after. Not the sacrifices, not, ev- not 
not all the traditions that they've been doing and forget this point. So he's ex- exasperated and saying, oh, come on, please understand. God is looking for a godly offspring. So when we go into New Testament, we see Jesus t- talking to the Israelites who thought they were godly offspring. They were descendants of Abraham and they thought they made it and they are perfect, they are all good. So he was talking about the need to have a clean heart, to have a right standing before God. But they, they don't know how to go there. And Jesus was the one who is going to die for the sins. And through Jesus, they are going to go into their eternal abode by becoming a godly offspring through the sanctification of the Holy Spirit. That's how it happens. But the descendants of Abraham had no idea about that. So they rejected Jesus. So he was saying, you think you are children of Abraham by being a descendants. But if you are a children of Abraham, you would do what Abraham did. So he was clearly saying that you cannot be a godly offspring by birth. None of us are going to become a godly offspring by birth. It's the same with the Israelites. It's the same with all of us. We become godly offspring by accepting, by believing in the Lord, by keeping our heart clean, and doing what he says, and then keep making sure that we are safe and secure for our eternal, eternal destination. So we need to be aware of certain things. Two things we want to be aware of. One is what God is doing from the start to the end, and then what actions we need to take, because we know, we understand what God has been doing. So I'm going to touch upon scriptures from Genesis, from, from Matthew and then Jude, just few scriptures, but I want to get the outline. Don't, I don't want to go each of the verses in deeper way because it, it will take you out of context. So just get the overview of what God is doing from the beginning to the end. So we, we know what happened. Okay, sorry, I'm, I'm new to the slide, so I'm just checking with... The screen is coming up. So I'm going to touch upon two things. One is we need to be aware of what God is doing in our lives. And the next one is to command our children and household to be a godly offspring. So we need to know, understand what God is doing and then only we can command with seriousness that's involved. Otherwise we will lose the seriousness and we might head off in the wrong direction. So first I, I want to touch upon Adam's generation till Noah. So we know God created Adam and Eve in the image of God, but they, they had no idea why they were created. They didn't do what God expected them to do. So we, we know that a lot of generations came after Adam and Eve. And then we see in Genesis 6, God says, the Lord saw how great the wickedness the Lord saw how great the wickedness of human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of human heart was only evil all the time. So the Lord said, I'll wipe out from the face of the earth the human race I have created for a regret that I made them. So God decided, I am not getting what I was looking for. What God was looking for is a godly offspring. Like God created Adam and Eve in the image of God, but they are not heading towards the image of God because when the thoughts of our life are going in the wrong direction, we are not going to have a godly image. As a man thinketh, so is he. That's what, the, what we read in Proverbs. So God saw that the thoughts are going wrong, 
and I'm not going to get what I'm looking for. So God decided something like this. God decided to wipe off, like you, you wipe off a plate in the sink, right, to clean it up. He cleaned it up like that. So except for Noah. Noah found grace in the sight of God because he saw that he was righteous. What is righteousness means? Righteousness is having a right standing in front of God. In the sight of God, you have a right standing. That's what is called righteousness. So only one person, like he fished out Noah from all the whole world. Only Noah and his family fished out. And the rest, okay, I'm not, what, I'm not getting what I'm looking for. So he, he destroyed the world by flood. And he gave, but he gave a promise, I'm not going to destroy the world again by flood. Provided you have... Provided your life is giving a sweet fragrance, your, your, your life is showing, a, showing the things that I am looking for. So he, he told Noah to sacrifice some clean animals. What is the essence of clean animals is the smell of the clean animals is the lifestyle that comes from us that God smells and says, ah, oh, I'm satisfied with this. This is what God is looking for. So God said, okay, I have some hope. Now I have a righteous person now. Let me run the show again. Let me run the world again. So we see again God destroying a smaller city, which is called Sodom and Gomorrah. Then the Lord rained down, sorry, getting trained to this new template. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew these cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. Who destroyed? God destroyed. Why he destroyed? If you read from Genesis 18, God clearly says that the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was very grave, and he went to look into it, and he saw that it was grave, and he's not going to get what he wanted for. What he wanted for? What he wanted was a godly offspring. So he fished out Lot's family from the place, and then he wiped off. Wiped off Sodom and Gomorrah. That's what he did. And then he was looking for another person who carry the faith that is required in a person to become righteous, someone who believes. So, <coughs> God has registered about Sodom and Gomorrah for a reason, because it is written back in Jude. Jude is the last book just before Revelations, and he just wrote one small book, but he ensured that this is mentioned, about how he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Why he, why he has mentioned this for this reason. In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They, save, they serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. So first, the world was destroyed by flood. Then next, God is saying the last judgment is going to be by eternal fire. And this is recorded in the last book, just before the last book in Jude, that this is how it's going to be. And this is from Matthew. This, this, uh, this one is mentioned by the Lord Jesus Christ. He told a parable. So, he gave a picture. So, he, he's, he was telling a series of parables to understand about the kingdom of God. If I want to explain something for my sons and son and my daughter, I cannot explain the actual stuff. I have to say something else. So that no one has been to heaven, right? No one understands the heaven the way it is. So God has to give some examples. So he was giving a series of parables to make them understand what kingdom of God is about. 
So he was giving them this parable where he showed, where he, sh uh, where he told them uh, to get this picture in mind that God is, the kingdom of God is putting a net on the whole world and he's going to gather all the fishes and he's going to gather all the good ones in one and he's going to throw away all the bad ones out. And he says like this at the end, this is how it will be at the end of age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous. So it's like this, whole of Old Testament is gone and Jesus is coming and standing here and he's saying, you see, I'm going to give you a picture of how the end is going to be, the end of the whole world. The angels of God is going to come and they're going to separate the wicked from the righteous and he says how the judgment will be. It will be eternal judgment by fire. And he's, and he's asking them, do you understand? And they said, yes, I understand. So this is an understanding that we need to have in a Christian walk, what God is doing. So what, what, what was he saying was, understand what the kingdom of God is doing behind the scenes, whether you see it or not. This is what he's doing. So if we understand what we will do, we will not be careless about our Christian walk, but we will be careful about everything that we do, whether it's according to the word of God. So this, this is to get a picture. It's not just about the parable, but this is what God is doing even in Noah's time, even in Sodom and Gomorrah's time. This is how he's doing all along. He is looking for a godly offspring. Why we need to understand is because if we don't understand this, we cannot import this knowledge to our family or to anyone with the seriousness that it involves. So this that's why I'm giving this picture. So next one is, God expects us to command our children so that they will receive God's promises. So why we do this? We do it out of love. And then we have to warn others about God's sure judgment. There are two sides of a coin. One is, we tell about Jesus that he died for our sins and he gives us free of cost, a cleanliness free of cost, an eternal life, free of cost. So that's, that's an easy thing, right? To accept the Lord. Yes, God is giving me salvation by grace. I don't need to do anything. Just do what he says. Just believe in him for my cleansing and do and obey all that he has asked me to do. But we need to also know that this God who is giving us grace and this God, Jesus, who died for us on the cross, is the same person who is giving us this parable of the dragnet. What is this parable? This is how the kingdom of God is going to do at the end. The angels are going to come and they are going to separate the wicked from the righteous. So the one who gives us grace for salvation is the same person who is talking about a judgment at the end that's going to come. A seriousness that we need to take because there is, there is an idea in the Christian world where you can do whatever you want, God is giving you grace. But this idea of judgment is being missed upon. So we need to understand the same Jesus who died for us on the cross is the same person who is talking about this judgment at the end of our life. So there was a conversation in the Old Testament with Israelites. And as I mentioned earlier, they thought that they can become godly offspring by be, be, by being a uh, descendant of Abraham, and God said, "No, no, no. If you are an Ab if you are a children of Abraham, you will do what he did. 
That's why I'm going to go back into Genesis and see what God told him to do. So when the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and that they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. So we see that Jesus has not forgotten about, about Abraham. He is in the middle, like in the middle of the Bible. He's talking about how the end is going to be. And he's pointing to Abraham, saying this is what Abraham did. And this is what you as children of Abraham should do. Not as descendants, but by believing in Jesus, by faith. So this is what God told him. And then let's break, into, break this into smaller parts. So... Okay. So there are two things when, uh, that we need to take. One is God is asking them, if my promises are to come upon your life, you have to teach your children to obey what I'm saying. Otherwise, it's not going to come to pass in our lives. It's not going to be just, just because you are served, you, uh, saved and you come to church and you read your Bibles, you be in the worship team, or you do your preaching, or you do whatever you do in the church, is not going to save you. By obeying what he says, that's how you get your promises. That's what Abraham, that's what Abraham was commanded by God and expected by God to do in, in his life. So the word command, I want to break down that word. Command is like, if I say to my daughter and son, do something, it looks like a small word, that they can or cannot do, but it's actually they have to do. As parents, that's what we intend to do, right? If, the, if you ask them to do some work, they don't do it, it's okay, you can do whatever you want. Do we say that? We don't say, we don't say like that, right? We ask them to do what we are saying because we are the ones who knows what is right and we ensure that they do what we are asking them to do. Otherwise, they'll be in trouble with us, right? We correct them. So, that is the meaning of command. So we have to ensure as parents, as well as those who are under us in different responsibilities, command them, like make them do what is required. For example, we, we, uh, it, it, it takes a different responsibility in the sense, for example, if you, um, for example, I, send, I send, my, uh, send my kids to school, the teacher teaches the same thing to everyone but they don't get what was taught. So we know that it's not going into them. What we do, we put them in special classes or attend to them so that they get what they need to get in their mind. We test them. That's what command means. You, we as parents should ensure that we are seeing what God wants them to have in their life by commanding them with the seriousness that's involved. Otherwise, they are not going to become a godly generation. So that's one point one. The next one is, you see here, he says, and the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? What was he talking about? He was actually heading towards Sodom and Gomorrah to destroy that city. And on the way, he was, when he was going, Abraham ran back to him and said, oh, where are you going? You should not be going there. 
wherever you are going, I don't want you to go there. First come home, eat the food that I am preparing for you, and then you can go. So it's like God is on a mission, like a secret mission. He has been doing that all the time. But the one who has been listening to whom this revelation has come, this is what God is doing. That he is wiping off those who are not righteous and fishing out those who are righteous. And he's saying, oh, can I, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know that he will command his children. What does that mean? So he wants Abraham to get the point. What I am doing in Sodom and Gomorrah. He wants to understand deeply that I am looking for a godly offspring, and if it's not going to happen, I'm going to wipe off. And there is a conversation that happens between Abraham and God. And Abraham argue, argues with God, Lord, what if there are 50 righteous men? Will you destroy the place? No, I won't destroy it. And then it goes from 50, 40, 30, 10, and then it stops. So Abraham would have clearly got the idea. Before even he got his first son, before he got his promised son, he got this command. This is what I want you to do. Be very careful that you have to teach what I'm expecting you to do and get, get this warning clearly that if you are not teaching your children to be proper, to be a godly offspring, this is what's going to happen. So God is not hiding this information, but God is revealing this information. So that is why we are hearing this information today that God is looking for a godly offspring and we should ensure that we pass on this message, both the holiness of God as well as the warnings that is asked by God to be imparted to our kids. Otherwise, they will think that, oh, it's okay, it's all grace. They can do whatever they want and they will go in the wrong direction. So I just want to uh, finish off with... So uh, in, in Judges, we see there was Moses was there and then we see Joshua coming up. And after Joshua, there were a lot of leaders who told them how to conduct their Christian walk. But after all the leaders left, there was no one to teach the godly things to them. So what happened was when all the generation were gathered unto the fathers and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord nor at the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and provoked the Lord to anger and the hand of the Lord was against them for evil. So if we don't do the teaching stuff properly with the warnings and with the call for righteousness, then they will do whatever they want to do and they'll miss the boat. They will miss the Noah's boat. That is for salvation. See, whoever was able to get into Noah's boat, they got saved. In the same way, we have to get into the boat. There is a spiritual boat that is there. We all need to get there with righteousness and we have to be making sure that our life is in right standing with God. So we need to save ourselves but for example, uh, even at the age of 99, God told Abraham, walk before me blameless. If it's expected at 99 years old, how much is expected from all of us? None of us are 99, right? So we all have to be righteous even till the last breath that we have in this world. And then as God told Abraham, we have to teach our family and friends and everyone the warnings as well as the call to holiness. Because we love them. If we don't do that, we'll be in trouble. Yesterday I had a very good um, time of um, prayer with my daughter. 
So I was looking at my desktop and a uh, lot of uh, beautiful birds were coming up in the background. I said, wow, what a beautiful bird. And then a polar bear came. I loved the polar bear and then a tiger came and I said to my daughter, how beautiful God has created. All of them are so wonderful. I don't know how people are saying that there is no God. Yeah, yes, Dad. I don't understand why they say it's so beautiful. How can they come just like that? That's what she was saying. And then I said, it seems God is very much here with us because of the creation that he has made. He is very much involved in everything that's happening around us. And I said to her, why not we sit and pray? Yeah, we can pray. And she said, so it was a different experience because we have a time of family prayer, but I have not sat with her to pray in a normal way, like a deep conversation with God. I have not done that. So I thought, okay, it's time for me to teach her what it means. So I remember the way I, it was when I was uh, younger. Like in my, my teens, I had a group of friends with whom I was able to have a good fellowship. So I, I personally don't know how to connect with God. So I was relying on others because I don't, I don't have the faith that time. Um, even now, for when like pray, God will come. No, God is a person. He has to come on his own. Just because I pray, he's not going to come. <laughs> so, so I, that time, when, like 20 years back, when I was in a group of friends was praying and worshiping the Lord, and when I was there, and, and I could feel the presence of God. The way I felt the presence of God was, my heart will be convicted, and tears will flow from my eyes. And I liked, the, liked that place of worship. It was so good. Four hours will pass, but we will not like to leave the room. We will be sweating and all my shirt will be drenched. But still, we will love the place. And I remember the parents of my friends will come and say, What are you doing? It's so hot. What are you doing? Why don't you come out? No, we are praying. We are worshiping, we'll say. So that's the experience I got. But these experiences of feeling the presence of God made me stay put in godly things in many circumstances of my life. So I want to pass this on to my kids, but I don't know how to do it. So when I was praying yesterday, she asked me one question. Dad, what, is, what does Lord's presence look like? I said, I don't know. How can I explain? Can you tell someone how sugar tastes? Unless they taste sugar, you can give them a spoon of sugar, but how can you say how the Lord's presence looks like? So I thought, oh Lord, how can I teach? So I was saying from different scriptures how God was walking along uh, the road of Iman, then when God was breaking the bread, then they understood the presence of the Lord. So it is through the word of God, you understand his presence, all those things I was saying, and then I was praying. And then after some time, I could see that my daughter was crying. Like sobbing. She removed her glasses, and then she was doing this uncontrollably. When I looked at it, I was moved in heart, because I know the Holy Spirit is moving now. And I asked her, why are you crying? And she said, Grandpa is not saved. Why he is not accepting the Lord? And I asked her later in the night, I asked her, why did you cry? We prayed about Grandpa for every day. Why did you cry? I don't know. I felt like crying. So I cried. So I said, that is called intercession. The Holy Spirit is moving in your heart for your Grandpa so that you will pray for him. So I said, I was so glad. Because I cannot make her feel the presence of God. Because he's a person, I can only pray to God, request, Lord, please come and touch my daughter so that she will feel your presence. And 
when we prayed, oh Lord, what, how to say this one to my daughter? And the Lord moved in and she cried. And that was a wonderful experience. So we need to teach our kids. We, we may know everything, but we have to ensure that we have to take this journey to pass on this message to our friends and everyone. Because when they taste the Holy Spirit, when they taste the honey that it tastes good, they will not leave God. They stay put. And we have to ensure that they have this vision about godly offspring that God is expecting. There are two things. We were having um, a live group uh, last week. You would have all, all meditated the scriptures. And one of the things that we were discussing was about deception. What deception is happening in the Christian world. Like half of the stuff is mentioned that where the grace of God is there, where the love of God is there, that whatever you do, God has cleansed. Like it's like a guarantee. Whatever you want to do, you can do. Still you can make your way into heaven. They are not talking about the judgment part of God. It's like two sides of the coin. There's a head and a tail. Will you be able to use a coin which has only head and no tail? Will the, will the shopkeeper accept it? They'll say it's an invalid coin. In the same way, when we talk about godly things, we have to talk about his holiness, his grace and his love, and also about the other side, which is God's judgment. And when we say this to them, when the devil attacks them, when the devil tempts them, they will know, okay, if I do this, I'm going away from being a child of God. I'm not going to be a godly generation. I'll be lost. So they will guard themselves. Can we close our eyes and pray? Thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful time, Lord. Thank you for helping us to meditate on your word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We believe, Lord, that you have spoken to everyone who are here and those who are watching online. Oh Lord, that you are looking for a godly offspring. Oh Lord, please forgive us, Lord, for we might have, oh Lord, not being an example to others, Lord. Oh Lord, by not setting the standards correct, Lord, not warning them, I pray that you forgive us. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you help, Lord, each of us to do what Abraham did, what you expected from Abraham that we teach our loved ones, our friends, our families, Lord, everyone we meet, Lord, out of love, that there is something that's happening behind the scenes. God is doing something. He's looking for a godly offspring. Be aware of it. Be warned. Help us to do this, Lord. Help us to set an example. For you have said us, set, for you have told us, Lord, that we are the light unto the nations. Help us to be a light unto the nation, especially, Lord, our families, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. For those who are watching online, if you have any prayer points, please press the uh, prayer button and uh, someone will reach out to you and pray. Thank you. Now I invite the worship team to come forward and they can. Thanks. Yeah, so let's just take this time to think about what Paris talked about this morning about being godly offspring. Thanks for leading us, Dave. Let's worship. God of Abraham, you're the God of covenant, of faithful promises. Time and time again, you have proven you'll do just what you say 
Nothing you can do, you're faithful and true. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. And let my heart learn when you speak a word, it will come to pass. Great is your faith. Thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. So thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you to those of you online. Please, as Pari said, if you want prayer, press the prayer button. But we'll say goodbye to those online. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.